At one point, I lived in Lubbock, Texas, and I attended a luncheon presented by Texas Tech University. It was across the street from the Methodist Church building downtown Lubbock. A woman at our table proudly pointed to the church building and said, that is our church. I spoke up and said, we are the church. And she looked shocked and became very angry and replied, I'm not the church, that's the church. But we are the church. She might not be the church, but I'm the church. You're the church. If you belong to Jesus Christ, we're the church. We have at least three scriptures on this subject. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, 17. Paul says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20. What know ye not? That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? Which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians 3.17 says, If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple are ye? We don't take this lightly that we are the church. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit of Jesus, who lives in us. 2 Corinthians 3, 5, Paul said, Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not that your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. If we belong to God and are faithful to God, to the word of God, and follow God, Jesus Christ is in us. If we turn from the instruction of God to go our own preferences, we could at some point be turned over by God to a reprobate mind. That's in Romans chapter 1, verse 28. I have seen this happen at least once. There was a woman in our church group who was in our group for 39 years. At the beginning, she was on fire for things of God. She wanted to know things of God. She was interested. But in the last three or four years before she left us, she grew cold to things of God. She just wasn't interested. I spoke often with her by phone. She lived in another city. I would call her 
and share what God had shown me. Toward the end, she just got very silent as I talked about things of God. She was just waiting till I quit talking so we could get on to something that was more exciting to her, such as a television program or movie, a book, secular book. She somehow just grew very cold to things of God. Jesus says in Matthew 24, in the last days, because iniquity abounds, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. When we feel ourselves slipping, when we feel that we're no longer as interested as we were in Scripture, I think we can stop this slippage by just recognizing it and calling out to God for help. Help us to endure. In her case, she took on some lies of the devil about me. He was whispering things in her ear to try to get her to attack me and to take offense with me. This went on for two or three decades that she was offended by the times that I would try to correct her. She didn't take it to God in prayer. She just let it build up inside of her until she exploded and verbally attacked me, and that ended it. After that, there was nothing more I could do for her. You can be turned over to a reprobate mind. Romans chapter 1, verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. In other words, they got involved in other things and let God completely vanish from their mind. Last night I was watching television and I, had, I was watching some documentaries. As I watched those documentaries, one was about Cary Grant and his fame and glory on this earth. And I thought, and what do you have now that you're dead? I always think this about famous people. What does it profit you if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? That just kind of brings it in perspective for me. Keeping God in my knowledge. Another documentary I watched happened to be about the Jewish people who had immigrated to the United States from about 1800 maybe, from a year, no, somewhere as early as 1600. 1600 up past World War II. Found the show interesting but I just kept thinking, you really have nothing. Unless you have God, you have nothing. Now, some Jewish people have God in the end. We had a Jewish woman in our church group who was with us until she died. 
Paul is a good example of a Jewish person who persecuted the church. And Jesus revealed himself to Paul on the road of, to Damascus. And Paul completely turned and be, was a minister of Jesus. And then the Jews persecuted Paul. And that's what happens when we turn to God. In the midst of times when they attack us, I've had times when I knew it was God who rose up to speak through me. I knew it was. One of those times was in Seattle. I was on radio there. The radio station manager had always been very friendly to me. In the first year or year and a half of radio broadcast, I had messages that were very popular. Things like taking thoughts captive, dealing with destructive thoughts, the workings of the Holy Spirit and what He does in our lives, and they were very popular. People wanted to hear that, how to find out the will of God for your life. At one point, God said to me, the foundation is laid, now we're really going to move. Shortly after that, he began speaking this word to me over and over. The time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. I didn't know what that meant. I was soon to find out because then God arranged it so that I would see various sins in the lives of various big-time ministers. When I could not get the message to these ministers because their uh, workers would destroy a message in writing, even though I was fairly popular or fairly well-known in ministry in the early 80s, the workers would destroy the message that I sent to the pastor or to the evangelist. At that time, God brought to my attention Paul warning the church about someone who had done harm. I could see in the scripture that Paul warned the church and named them by name. Alexander the coppersmith. Beware of Alexander the coppersmith, for he greatly withstood our words. Paul warned him. In the Bible, we see that. Why would that be in the Bible? Well, one reason is to help people like me, because I could see that God would do something like that. Warn the church in public, naming the minister by name. So when I couldn't get a message to those TV preachers, I got on my radio broadcast, named them by name, told what they had done. Hate mail from their followers poured into our office. I had a meeting in Seattle, and at that time, the radio station manager was standing outside the door of the meeting room. I approached him in a friendly way. He had always been very friendly to me. I approached him as I always approach him, but he wasn't friendly then. He turned and said, Joan, you have many good messages. Just speak those messages. If you keep speaking these judgment messages, I don't know what's going to happen to you. We may have to put you off the air. The Holy Spirit arose inside me and said through me, 
the following words. George, if I don't speak the message that I believe to be from God, then I don't have a message and I may as well be off the air. There's a scripture where Jesus tells us the Holy Spirit will speak through us that way to our adversaries. This man and his colleagues, they weren't fighting me. They were fighting against God who was having me speak these judgment messages. So it was God who rose up against them. Matthew chapter 10, verse 19 and 20. Jesus says, But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak. For it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not you that speaks, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. I knew that was exactly what had happened with that radio station manager. The Spirit of God in me rose up against the adversary of God and presented the words that he wanted spoken, which accomplished the will of God. There is another scripture where Jesus says in Luke 21, verses 14 and 15, Settle it, therefore, in your hearts, not to meditate before what ye shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all of your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. There was a time a Methodist woman was complaining to me about people who judge others. The Holy Spirit rose in me to say to her, If you are judging that they are judging, aren't you judging? This woman just gasped. It was like she was a balloon filled with hot air and someone stuck a pen in her. If you're judging, they are judging. Aren't you judging? Several years ago, I was at the grocery store on a Sunday. I was in line at the cashier's area to check out, pay for my food. The woman in front of me was chastising the cashier. Apparently, they went to the same church. This woman standing in front of me said, I can't believe you are working on a Sunday. The cashier, in sort of a humble voice, said, Well, what could I do? There was one of our cashiers got sick all of a sudden, and they called me and said they needed help. And this first woman continued chastising her for be, for working on Sunday. I was listening to this, and finally I said to the woman who was doing the chastising, If you want to live by the Old Testament law, 
then you wouldn't be able to be here buying groceries on a Sunday because you would have to remain in your tent on the Sabbath. You would not be able to get out and purchase groceries if you want to live by Old Testament law. She was so shocked. She didn't say another word. She just paid for her groceries and left. I have found when you speak godly words by the Spirit of God, the work of God is done. My mother was not a Christian. My mother nor my dad. We never went to church and they had no Bibles at the house. They weren't raised, so to speak, in Bible. My mother loved horoscopes. And all my life, we would go to the store at the first of the month, and she would buy the most recent horoscope magazine and read my horoscope to me daily. After I was born again, I was visiting in her home in another city. I didn't live in this city. I was visiting in her home. I opened the kitchen cabinet to get something, and I noticed a set of horoscope mugs, which I had given to my mother before I was born again. I got a plastic bag and began putting those mugs in a bag. My mother was watching me. She didn't say anything at first, and then she realized what I was about to do. Then she became very excited, and she said, What are you doing? No, I want to keep those. You gave those to me. I did not say one word to her. I just kept filling the bag with the horoscope mugs, took it out into the alley, and broke the mugs on the side of the dumpster, and then threw the broken pieces into the garbage. When I returned to her house... I still didn't say anything, and she didn't say anything. I got my Bible and began reading aloud the following words to my mother. Deuteronomy chapter 18, start at verse 9. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abomination of those nations. There shall not be found among you any one that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. I closed the Bible and sat down, and my mother was very quiet. And then she said, well, I guess we'd better not do this anymore. She was born again. She was completely changed when she 
heard the word of God, and agreed with it. It is so amazing that anyone could be saved by that scripture, but she was. I went back to Dallas where I lived at the time. My uncle wrote to me and he said, Your mother has changed. She has really changed. I knew she was born again. Later, my dad became born again before he died. You become born again when you agree with what the Spirit of God has said. And when we allow God to speak His words through us, whether it's the Scripture or a simple instruction, the work of God is done. It doesn't mean they'll be born again. They might be They might depart from us, but the purpose of God will be done. If we look at Isaiah 55, we read about the purpose of God. God does his purpose, not our purpose, not always the things we expect or want. He has a purpose. With some, he is trying to drive them away. With others, he is going to save them. And we don't know which is which. We just speak the word, and God does the work through us. We speak the word given us by the Holy Spirit, not the word that we plan ahead. I don't plan ahead when I'm speaking with people. I know the Holy Spirit will rise in me to show me the subject to speak or to give me the scripture to speak. I don't plan anything in advance. Let's look at Isaiah 55. God says, starting at verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it to bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be, that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please." And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. He also says, For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. If I'm going to meet with someone, I don't plan anything ahead of time. I just pray to God, asking him to have me speak what he wants and to keep me from speaking anything that he doesn't want spoken. One time I called a woman in our church group. She lived in another city. 
I called her, and it happened that her adult-age son, who had been twice divorced, was about to come visit her in 30 minutes. And she said, I've got a whole list of things written out to discuss, to go over with him. A bunch of scriptures. I said, oh, don't do that. I said, let God speak what he wills. Just depend on God to bring to your mind that which he would say to your son. And speak that. Trust God. She did what I said, and later she told me that she didn't tell him one thing that was on her list. You just can't plan out ahead. If we have the Spirit of God in us, it is the Spirit of God who will bring to our mind what we are to say. And we say that. Now, you may not want to say that, I was taken into heaven twice after I was born again. I was with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. I didn't see any images of any human figure. It was in the Spirit. At that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God, God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. A few nights later, the exact same thing happened to me again. I was really on fire for Bible after this happened. Later, I was visiting with my aunt, who was a lifetime Church of Christ member. And the Holy Spirit brought to my mind, share with your aunt about being taken into heaven. I just froze. I sure didn't want to do that. I'm going to share this with a Church of Christ member I know Church of Christ, and I know that you don't talk about supernatural things in the Church of Christ. At least you didn't then. But I knew that was the Holy Spirit telling me to do that. So I began telling her about the times I was taken into heaven. She got a very dreamy look on her face as I spoke about being taken into heaven. And then she said, something like that happened to me once, and it was all golden. She had been taken into heaven. This aunt, people were afraid of her, and yet I knew she didn't, wasn't a harsh person, but they knew she was godly, and they knew they weren't godly. And I would hear them say, what will artists think? She was the gold standard concerning religion in my mother's family. Well, she'd been taken into heaven. And yet, she and I never had any trouble. We were one spirit. She was the first person I ever asked a religious question to. I was somewhere in elementary school, And I don't even know how I knew this scripture unless God revealed it to me because we did not go to any church and I didn't have a Bible and I don't have any recollection of anyone mentioning it. But I said to Aunt Artis, where is that scripture? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And she told me where it was in the Bible. 
We were one spirit. When you're one spirit with that person, it is totally different than when you are with a person who has simply joined a church and does not have the Spirit of God. They're trying to do things by their own wisdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, For the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto them, neither can he do them, for they are spiritually discerned. We are not one spirit with the church groups. For many in the church groups do not have the Spirit of God. Many of the preachers do not have the Spirit of God. They put themselves into the ministry. We are one spirit with those persons who have the Holy Spirit in them. And they are led by the Spirit of God, Romans 8, 14. And as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.